Hello, my awesome mom pod listeners. It's Paige with some exciting news. The Moms Organization Motivation Podcast has had the most amazing three-year run. And thanks to you, it's listened to in more than 85 countries. It's won Best Family Podcast and Best Home and Lifestyle Podcast awards and consistently ranks in the top of the charts globally. I could not have done that without you. It'll continue to be downloadable for all your organization motivation needs. And now there'll be a brand new podcast to listen to. If like me, you love being a mom and also desire more. Head over to the Time to Pivot podcast right now and hit subscribe. Each week, my guest and I will be sharing all the ways we've learned to pivot in our life and business as we share our God-given gifts and serve others and still make it to the carpool line on time. I can't wait for this fun new podcast to begin April 17th, 2023. So mark your calendars and join me on the Time to Pivot podcast. I'm Paige Killian, and I'm passionate about helping busy moms of littles organize and style their life in three simple steps. Living this mom life is incredible and sometimes completely overwhelming. Is stressing about overstuffed drawers, never-ending mail piles, a mountain of Legos, and our kids' artwork really what God intended? No way! Getting organized has been a game changer for me and also my clients but it has to be simple or it just won't get done. So let's simplify the process and clear the clutter to see the blessings God has for us. I know your time is valuable. So thanks for joining me each week for a healthy dose of organization and a whole lot of motivation. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining me today on the Moms Organization Motivation Podcast. If you're listening over on YouTube, thanks for joining us there as well. You are in for a treat today. I have two lovely ladies who are doing really big, important things, and I know you're going to appreciate their message today. So first of all, I would like to say hello to Claire and Lily of Little Kingdoms. Hi, ladies. How are you? We're good. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Of course. So we have a mutual friend, Kate. I love and adore her. I know you feel the same. And she introduced us because you are doing really special things in the space of learning and playing spaces for kids, designing that area, consultations about that kind of thing. And your backgrounds really had a lot to do with you creating this really spectacular business that I think there is definitely a space for, especially the moms listening. Listen, moms, dads, kids, teachers, get on board. This is a very fun, exciting thing that we're about to share today. I think a lot of people are going to appreciate some of the stuff that you're working on. So tell me a little bit, Lily and Claire, you can each speak to your backgrounds. Tell me a little bit about how your backgrounds have really helped you in starting this really fun business. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, my name's Lily Siegert. So I did my undergrad education at Baylor, where I majored in child and family studies and was kind of first exposed to the Reggio Emilia philosophy to early childhood education there at our lab school. And then I went on to get a master's in learning developmental and family sciences and then have been a classroom teacher since then, kind of in, in early childhood. So like mostly toddler classrooms, two to three, and just really, really came to value the concept of play. We really embrace that in all the schools I taught at. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's why we're here. We can talk more about our, our mission, but yeah, we really just, we value play and see the value for it in childhood and in homes. I love that. All right, Miss Claire. Yeah, and I'm Claire. So Lily and I have been friends since high school and she recently, she moved out here like a year ago mm-hmm. and I went to UCLA and I studied economics and um, I've always been a little more business minded. I had been working in the entertainment industry for the last few years and when Lily and I moved in together, she started telling me about her idea and just her background and expertise and um, I thought that I could contribute more of the business side of things and yeah, we've wanted to do a, a company together since we were young, and it's cool that we're finally getting to do it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that so much, and I'm reminded of a very special relationship that I still have with a dear friend of mine almost 20 years ago. Uh, we became friends when we were introduced through mutual friends and became roommates, and then there was a spot open uh, as a teaching assistant in kindergarten, and she was the lead teacher, and so mm-hmm. I really got my start with teaching. And I'd obviously always loved working with kids because I was a nanny. I joke on some of these episodes and in my book that I bought my first car all on babysitting money. Um, (laughs) So I love kids and I love that you guys do as well. And so that relationship has been really a long time. And uh, we are now raising kids. One of her, actually her stepdaughter is gosh, I think she just turned 19. So if that tells you anything about starting a a business idea or sharing with each other, something that you have in mind, and then what that can grow to become, we both have our own businesses. She's in design, I'm in organizing. And the fact that you guys have met this young and you already have this passion, I love that you're doing that. And I also love that you're using your backgrounds to sort of come together and really do something that you feel is important to you. That's going to help other people. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about how you feel like play really is a big factor in a child's life. And then talk to us a little bit about how you're going to take that idea and put it in their space at home. So not just in the schools, but in their home. Yeah. So like I said, the schools I I was teaching in were very play-based. And um, there's been this trend in recent years where you know, kids are, we're all just busier. Life is really busy. There's a really big emphasis on like academic excellence, which none of this is bad at all, but there's just less time for play. I think we're all, you know, kids are in soccer, piano, there are all these things that are really good and they learn special skills and um, build relationships in those spaces too. But there is this really special, like the special place of uninterrupted play where kids can just go off by themselves and, you know, explore what, what's happening in the world around them and kind of make sense of that. And meanwhile, they're learning, you know, STEM concepts and literacy concepts. If they're playing with friends, they're working out um, like negotiation and sharing and interpersonal skills. So um, it is so important and it is rare. So I think our mission and our hope is that we kind of protect that space of interrupted play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we do that. We kind of have a little process that we use for that. So 
Yeah. So the process working with little kingdoms looks like um, we initially hear from a client and then we send them a short intake form and just to learn more about the family. And then we do an initial in-home consultation where we interview the parents and just hear what from their perspective, what the child loves, yeah, what their interests are, what they're wanting them to grow in developmentally. And then um, we see the space, hear about their design and style background of the home. And then we also play with the children because we really want the child's voice to matter. We really care about being intrinsically motivated to learn. So we want to find the child really loves like Lily said, a lot of people love garbage trucks. Like <laughs> we want to factor that into the space because we want the space to be for the child, not just for the parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. You just touched on so many things that really got me excited. I think the mom in me, the former teacher in me, and also the organizer in me, because I think about these spaces that I go into oftentimes to organize and the parents and grandparents and friends, they've had birthday parties, they've had holidays, and they actually have given them so many gifts and so many amazing, awesome things. And what can also happen when that is the case is that it can turn into clutter and it's not always super intentionally designed in that space. And so I love that you guys are talking about being really intentional and also making sure that they have that free space as well, whether they're having a play date or they have a sibling that they're playing with or just that uninterrupted time to play. I think they really can learn a lot about themselves. And I have to say, as a parent, I learn a lot from watching my kids play. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot as a kindergarten and even a second grade teacher from watching the kids play because oftentimes they can create things that maybe you might have not have even anticipated happening. I mean, listen, I grew up in the days in the South in Tennessee when our parents in the summertime, especially it would be like, it would be a daylight and they'd be like, get out of bed. You're not sleeping in. You're not watching TV all day. You know, those were the days where we did not have technology that we've gotten really dependent upon, especially during, I mean, it was the blessing and a curse during all of the crazy COVID stuff when we were online learning, but they would send us out and they would say, okay, come home when the street lights come on and it'll be, you know, bath time and dinner time and read books and go to bed. And we played well, like we really got to use our imaginations and I'm curious if you feel the same way and what do you think imagination has to do with play and how, like, what are some examples of something that you might put into that space to have them engaging in that type of play? Yeah, yeah. So in Reggio school, sometimes they'll call it dramatic play, which kind of encompasses all this different, you know, imagination, pretend play encourages a lot of symbolic thoughts. So like a child using one thing to represent another, or even kind of engaging like their abstract thinking and imagining I'm in a castle when really they're in their playroom, but physically what it could look like and what we've kind of done um, in the past in my classrooms, it could be a play kitchen. Those are really exciting for kids. I think I think the things that they witness adults engaging in in everyday life, sometimes they just, they want to figure out what their role is in that. And like, they want to try to process, oh, mom's cutting in the kitchen. She's cooking. She's using all these products. Like, you know, they want to make sense of it in their own little space. So I think a kitchen is, that's, I see those often in classrooms and homes. And then also like dress up racks. I've seen like really beautiful, like custom built, you know, like boats or spaceship installations. We were talking with somebody recently. He was a contractor and he like saw somebody put a whole submarine in this themed playroom. And so there's really, there are so many possibilities 
possibilities. And so, yeah, I think I think imagination is a really important thing to consider when like building one of these spaces. What you were saying, um, Paige, about when, you know, we were all younger, we could be out and about doing whatever. And then you come home and when it gets dark, but living in L.A., you know, that might always not always be a good solution. So we know that parents are working a lot, especially COVID, making people work from home. And we want to make a space in the house or backyard. It could look a lot, a lot of different ways, but where the parent feels like the child's safe, but also able to go do their own thing. And we always say mm-hmm. like everybody wins when a child is playing and mm-hmm. we just want to make that more accessible in families' homes. Yeah. That's so cool. Again, I love that mission. I feel like you really are taking into consideration what the kid needs, but also, I mean, there have been so many times as a parent, I've wanted to say, oh, let's turn on a movie or let's do the iPad or let's, you know, something like that just quickly so I could run and do a few other things. And it is always so much more fun if I can set out an activity and I'm reminded when I was a kindergarten teacher we used to have the first 20 minutes of school where the parents would come in sort of ease them into that transition right I see you both shaking your heads especially with preschool Um, I would teach summer school incoming kindergartners and that could be a really hard time sometimes for the parents to leave when the kids are so young and that was always their favorite thing and I'm reminded that even with my kids being older is that if I could set out an activity, or if I could have an intentional space in their room and set up their rooms, or if I'm going in to a client's home and it's cluttered and there's tons of stuff, like I said, and it hasn't been intentionally designed for this creative play or this thoughtful play, then that is not the best situation. I love how you said, you know, everyone wins when that child is happy and engaged in doing something that they're excited about, that really everyone wins. Because then I know if I've got a kiddo who's doing a puzzle or has some type of uh, material that he can or she can turn into something else and use that creativity, then when I come back, from whatever I've been doing, they are so excited to share that. And I feel like too, I mean, I would love to know what you think about this, but it feels like it just lends itself to a more independent, a creative child, a really forward thinker. I love what you just talked about, how they can take one item and like turn it into something totally different, or even how you can imagine bring the outdoors in when you can't go out and play safely, maybe in the neighborhood or at night or something. And you have those really cool features that you guys have thoughtfully put in a room. I love the idea of, like I said, coming back and then they want to show me something and share with me something. And and it's just like they're, they light up like their whole bodies and minds. They just explode with this fun, exciting feeling and energy. And that just doesn't seem to be the same kind of energy that I get when I come back from them watching a movie or on the iPad. And I think those things have their place. A friendly reminder that my book is now available on Kindle and paperback over on Amazon. So if you haven't gotten it yet, or you have, and you'd like to get more, head over to Amazon and search for I've Got You Girlfriend, Why Getting Organized and Living This Mom Life is Not a Solo Mission. You can also find a direct link over on my website at everythingwithstyle.com. Thanks so much for making it a bestseller and back to the show. I, I would really love to know what you guys think about technology and, and how, when you're designing these spaces, 
might you include that or might you purposely not include that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Neither of us are moms, so we'll definitely give that caveat. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I agree. I think that screens do have their place. And I think something that's really special about the Reggio Emilia philosophy is that I think it's it's not naive to the fact that, you know, we're sending kids and we're launching them into this world that is just inevitably going to be very tech focused. And um, it's incorporated into learning now, you know, into most jobs, you need to be familiar with certain interfaces and softwares. And so I think there's a way to do that responsibly where we teach kids how to engage with technology instead of just passively consuming it, which, you know, I'm sure there's a place for that too (laughs) when you're a busy mom. But yeah, I think like, you know, we do, um, there's lots of ways to do like light and shadow work with technology, like using projectors, um, whether that's like digital or overhead. Um, There's also, you know, I know that there's lots of very specific like learning tools that are technology focused. So we definitely recognize that there's a place for it. Um, But I think what we try to veer away from is just the passive consumption. Yeah. So I guess that would be my perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very smart way to acknowledge that it has its place, but it doesn't have to be at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And now one of the other things that I love so much about your company is that you have named it Little Kingdoms. And I would love to hear a little bit about your sort of faith background and why that name came to be. And yeah, tell me all about that. Yeah. So we both started following Jesus in high school. We're both Christians. And I know we would both say that he's definitely the most important thing in our lives and is totally transformed the way we live and um, what we prioritize is important. I think the mission of Little Kingdoms, just building spaces where children can play and valuing their growth and development aligns with who we know God to be and what we know his character to be and just valuing children. Like when Jesus walked the earth, he interacted with them and put probably much more value on them than much of the culture did in that day. So I think just very big picture, we think that it honors God's intention for how we interact with kids. I think after graduating from college, I have just really enjoyed having a relational workplace. And when you build your own company, you have control over that and getting to work with families. I think just is like the peak of what we desire to do. We want to be able to bless families and just work kindly and clearly with them. And yeah, just do it in an excellent manner, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And getting to do that with both adults and children feel very like all encompassing, which is really exciting. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. I love that message so much. And I also really appreciate, Claire, that you talked a little bit about that with your background in the workplace and that kind of thing, too, because I can appreciate that as an entrepreneur and going into people's homes. And I love that as well. So you don't feel like creating these spaces is going to make a kid sort of off on his or her own and not playing with other people, you feel like it almost even kind of opens it up to giving them the tools to talk to other kids and peer groups and adults. And do you feel like it then becomes interactive with the whole entire family? Yeah, I think definitely. I think there's value in, you know, like it's called solitary play. I'm sure you've, you know, <laughs> familiar with that with your elementary background. But um, yeah, I think there there is so much just like intimacy and, you know, attachment that forms when parents play with their kids too. Um, And I think just making a vibrant play space and including materials that are just engaging for everybody. Yeah, I think definitely we would hope that, you know, and peers too, when Mm -hmm. friends come over that, that they would be like, oh, I can't wait to go to so-and-so's house because (laughs) they have this space or, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's part of a room or a whole room that they would look forward to engaging with it. 
nowadays are on their iPads or phones all the time, especially like if you go over to a friend's house, I don't know if I don't have a child, but I assume that they're watching movies or playing on the iPad. So to be that house that has really amazing materials for imagination and just growth to get to go there and be the child that has the cool house with all those (laughs) fun toys that Uh isn't just staring at an iPad, I think would be really special and kind of make all the other kids want that too, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. kind of spur that on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. And, you know, you both have mentioned a couple of times that you're not moms, but I will say you can pull from how you grew up. You can pull from experiences that you've had and what did you want to play with as kids and what did you do? What are memories? And that totally leads me to this really cool series that you have on Instagram, TikTok. Tell us a little bit about that fun new series that you have where you're having um, people talk about like their childhood memories, something that they remember. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's called our playback series and we have done a few so far. We started ours and then we were asking friends to contribute, but Lily and I just both really loved pretending and, you know, our imagination was so wild when we were young and we just like to recount a memory. Um, I did one about, um, I used to play with or pretend I had an adoption agency when I was a child mm-hmm. and with one of my friends. And what was yours, Lily? Mine was like I was my one of my friends and I would always pretend that I was her assistant and I was always like scrawling notes for her and like rushing around and <laughs> yeah, in this like high energy workplace. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool because now we can reflect on it and see that while it was fun at the time, that we were learning all of these different things. Mm-hmm. yeah like one of our friends did one about this thing called a freeze monster and she would like touch her dad and then he'd be frozen and then he would only become unfrozen when she touched him again and just a child learning what it's like to be autonomous and have control of situations and what consent looks like and I think a child isn't actively knowing that they're learning those things but in retrospect it's just so growing but play is just fun for a child but it actually has so many other benefits mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. I could honestly talk to you guys about this forever because you're bringing back all these fun memories of not only my childhood, but of teaching and being in that classroom. And I'm so excited that I get to see what you're doing, what you're working on and implement some of that stuff in my own home as well. I'm so grateful that you have this passion and this purpose on your heart and you're sharing that with others. I love that so much. So how can people who are listening right now schedule a call with you, connect with you, give me all of your links, your website, all of the things so they can check you out? Yeah, so our website is just littlekingdoms.co and there's a little get started button where you could fill out like an inquiry form to get in touch. Our email is also on there, just hello at Little Kingdoms. And then both our TikTok and Instagram handles are little.kingdoms. So yeah. Love that so, so much. Ladies, thank you for being here. Lily and Claire, I adore you instantly. I'm so grateful that you took the time out of your very busy schedules to come on and share this mission with us. And I look forward to working with you very soon. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's so great being on here. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Yay, amazing. So thank you all so much for listening. I'm going to put their links in show notes. If you are interested in working with the ladies of Little Kingdoms, head over to the show notes at everythingwithstyle.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe on the YouTube channel as well so you can see their beautiful faces in person. (laughs) Thank you again, ladies, so much. And I will talk to you so soon. Thanks, Paige. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Moms Organization Motivation Podcast. For more resources to organize and style your busy life, head over to everythingwithstyle.com and connect with me on Instagram at everythingwithstylemom. If this episode was helpful for you, please share it with your friends, rate and review it on iTunes, that's Apple Podcasts now, and let me know what you'd like to hear about next. Thanks again for listening and happy organizing. Thank you.